Oh, well, my fingers cannot take much more of that bass playing. I haven't played in like, I mean, I haven't played since I've been here, so almost six years now. And I tried last night. I got a little blister there. Yeah. So luckily we don't get too Pentecostal and sing too long. Otherwise I'd be like using my teeth, I think. But anyways, here we are. Sun ripened. Everybody know uh, some of these words, love, joy, peace. You got faithfulness in there, goodness, forbearance. That's a scripture. Anyone remember where that scripture comes from? The book of Galatians. Anyone remember the chapter? Five, right? Letter. Um, let's get really technical. Anyone remember the uh, five colon twenty? I'll wait. No, no, that's um, uh, he, he set you free not to indulge the sinful nature, but rather serve one another in love. 522, maybe? 523? Uh, that's alright. You guys, you're, I still love you. You're still great. Um, you still get into heaven even if you don't have scripture memorized. So we're, we're good there. But um, this whole idea of sun ripened. And, and hopefully you guys have kind of got that concept that as we spend time with the Lord, as we walk with the Lord, like an apple, like an orange, whatever other fruit you want to pick, we grow. And it's really important that we understand this. I was talking first service, that we grow. And it's only possible by the Holy Spirit. But you've got to understand, as a believer, as a Christian, this isn't wishful thinking. Thinking This isn't like something you hope will happen. Like, oh, I, I was just talking to someone like two weeks ago, and I was talking about who they are in Christ, and they're like, well, I hope so. I'm like, no, don't hope so. That is who you are. It's the reality of being a born-again believer. When our hearts are open, glory, the Holy Spirit does this amazing work in us where we actually are transformed to become more like Jesus. And we've been looking at Galatians 5, like all of you answered, and there's been this encouragement from the Apostle Paul, and he's encouraging us to walk in the Spirit. We were living by the flesh, but now we crucify the things of the flesh, and now we're keeping in step with the Spirit. Every week, if you've noticed, if you've been here at church, uh, a passage that we've read, a longer passage, Galatians 5, 13 through 26. And guess what? I'm going to read it again today. And I, I get that it's long, but I've done that very intentionally. I, I felt... Just the Lord and His Spirit has been leading us to do this series in such a heavy way that it's not just one more series, it's not just one more sermon. For, for some of us, the, the past weeks that we have walked through, this season, I believe this, will be a defining moment for some of our lives. Defining moment where many of us have said, I will no longer live bound by the things of the flesh. Like Cameron just said so beautifully that we are free. The, the flesh is no longer my master. Sin is no longer my master because of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe I am set free to live by the power of God, to live what God has called me to live. I can live a victorious life. Hebrews 12, I can throw off everything that hinders. You've heard it before. And the sin that's so easily entangled. Instead, with perseverance, I will run the race that is marked out for me, fixing my eyes on who? Fixing my eyes on Jesus, who's the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I believe that some of you, you've been growing in that kind of faith. During this series, I love it. I love hearing your testimonies. So many testimonies this last week of what God is doing in your lives. I talked to a man this week and he was just sharing his heart and he was being honest with me. He's, he said, you know, sometimes I just feel so shamed and convicted, like condemned uh, through series. But, but this one, where other times it would have brought me shame, this time it's encouraging me to be who God has called me to be. Don't you love that? And Jesus is so alive in this body. Often when people talk about Jesus being alive, I'm just like, You're, we're hanging out with different people or something because Jesus is alive where I'm hanging out. The people that I'm with, Jesus is alive and He's alive in this body. He's doing this amazing work, this incredible work in us and praise the Lord through us. I love this life. Praise the Lord for this life. I am around so many people that are just living for God who are living for the Lord, who are, are just choosing the things of faith, choosing the things of the Lord. And it's such an encouragement to me. And, and I was thinking about this this week. I was driving in the car. I was just like, praise began to well up within me. You ever had that happen where you're just like, praise, pray. And it's not a praise based on circumstances. It's not a praise because your wife you know, loves you or because your kids think you're the best or because you got lots of money or because everything's going how you wanted it to go. It's a praise that is much deeper. It's a praise that says, Jesus... You paid it all. Jesus, you paid the penalty for my sins. Jesus, you took my place. 
the punishment, the penalty that I deserved. You took my place. You paid my ransom. You died for my sins and you set me free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Does that ever well up within you? Oh, come on. Praise the Lord. As people who have been set free, we don't have to pick up those chains. I, I, I was thinking about this this week. Some people just, it kills me. You are free. And you're free. You, in your freedom, you do not have to pick up the chains of addiction. In your freedom, you do not have to pick up that depression. In your freedom, you do not have to pick up that unforgiveness. I have too many people shouting out their Christian faith and that they're Christians with such a bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness within them. How that must break the heart of God to declare Him as Lord, yet He can't be Lord of that hurt and that brokenness in your heart. If He's the Lord of all, He can be the Lord over that hurt. See, as Christians, we have been set free. Galatians 5.13, as you so adequately put, I no longer have to indulge the sinful nature. As a Christian, it's there, by the way. Have you noticed that? It's still there. The flesh is still there. But I don't have to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, I serve who? I serve you. And I serve you. And I serve you. And not because like, man, I just, oh, I just serve you. No, I serve you in love. Serve you in love. As God loves you, so I love you. And I love that. I, I, I was thinking about this. We don't have to jump into our old ways or old life. I live by the Spirit. But by the power of God, think about this. By the power of God that's residing within me. Again, this isn't something special for Pastor Dan. This is for all believers who are walking by the Spirit. By the power of God. The power of God that Second Peter tells us has given us everything we need to live a godly life. By the power of God, I supernaturally can love you. I can love my wife. That's what you tell people at the marriage, don't you? You say, you love your wife as you love the church. And then you say, do you know how much Christ loved the church? How much did Christ love the church? He died for her. So I don't do well with excuses when guys come to me with excuses because you are supposed to die for her. Supernatural love. Impossible on my own. How do I do it? Walking by the Spirit, keeping step with the Spirit. Let's see, love, joy, joy. So many things. In the message I talked about, all the things that can steal our joy. But yet the Bible says we have an inexpressible joy. That means it's a joy that's just like, ah, ah, and then it's higher than that. And yet sometimes, I mean, sometimes I keep the circle kind of small of Christians because the more Christians that I hang around with, the joy is not there. And yet we're supposed to be, ah, and we're like, oh. inexpressible joy. How do we have that joy? Not on my own, in my strength. If you know me in the flesh, not a person of joy. I'm a pessimist. But in the Lord, as I, as I give to the Lord all my things in the morning, I wake up just full of junk. But I say, no, Lord, not me. I crucify the flesh. I believe in Scripture. And I take hold of Scripture. I claim Scripture. And I believe it's true for my life. And I say, no, not me, but your will be done. I claim your joy. And then I can go out with laser focus, intensity, that joy, joy, joy. I'm going to be a person of joy. I'm a person of love. I'm a person of joy. I'm a person of peace. Peace. I love, come on, aren't you just so thankful that that chapter or that verse is in Philippians where it talks about a, a peace that what passes? Oh, praise the Lord for that, right? Because peace is a tough one. We're having all these things attacking our peace. But yet when I'm struggling with peace, I go, no, Lord, you're going to give me a peace that is beyond what I'm thinking right now. Because in the natural, there is no reason for peace. Have you ever been in that situation where you're like, in, the na- in my circumstances, there is no reason for peace, but I'm going to claim the peace that passes understanding. And this peace is actually going to come. It's going to be a supernatural peace. It's going to be a peace from Jesus, in Jesus, that actually is going to what? Guard my heart, which is good, but I love the second one. It's going to guard my mind. Because doesn't your mind just go crazy? I mean, we're talking the two in the morning, freaking out by eternity kind of mind, right? <laughs> You're like, wah! Joy sounds a lot like that. Um, wah! <laughs> But where are we going with that? We're going with peace. Have you ever done that? I remember I, the other day, I was just like, God, show yourself. I'm like two in the morning, Saturday night. I'm like, I'm here. Come with the light. Come with the noise. We're, I'm yours. I'm, I'm just all by myself. The family's in spoken. I'm just yelling, Lord, here I am. And I'm telling you, that's how I went to bed. He never was like, oh, here I am down. You know, oh, you know. No. In my cry, in my Gut, honest cry to the Lord. He let me have rest. He let me have peace. 
Wasn't that beautiful? I, I, just, I woke up that morning. I was so excited for church because it was one of those few times where the last thing that I had said was my heart crying out to God. And so I woke up and I got to preach and I got to tell people about peace after just breaking out my heart to the Lord, asking him to respond to me. Then I got to share with people about the Lord. I love that. Think about those Presbyterians last week. They were awesome. They, they, I, I had envy. This incredible, they're passing the peace. The passing the peace thing was the, one of the coolest things I've ever done. Like, peace to you. And you're like, peace also be with you. And peace to you. And peace also be with you. Like, how cool is that? But how do you pass the peace? Think about it. You don't just, if you just pass Dan's peace, like, without God, my peace is stinky. Like, it's stinky peace. Um, <laughs> it's just it. Where do we find our peace? We find our peace. It's a peace with God. How do we find peace with God? There's one person, and he has a name. Who gave us peace with God? Jesus. Jesus came in. He died for our sins. We were at war with God. We were hostile toward God. Now we have peace with God. The peace I have with God, I don't just keep it in a sponge, like soak it up, like, oh, peace, 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 and then just hold it to myself. Then you're stinky peace again. You got a spoiled sponge. No, you squeeze it out and you pass the peace. Love, joy, peace. Patience. I love it. And see, what I really want, I think, just I love this series is, I want you to know that this is who you are. I want to remind you, if you're a Christian here this morning, this is who you are. There's so many people with the attitude of, someday I'll be a person of love. Someday I'll be a person of joy or peace or patience. Like, you've got to get, show yourself some grace on this, too. It's a process. Like, you just got to claim it now. Like, yeah, okay, maybe you struggle with peace or whatever it is. You, just, but you know what? I struggle with it, but I'm claiming that in Christ, because he says it's true, about me, that I'm adopted, new creation, all those things, and I got the Spirit living in me, as I've crucified the flesh, no longer I living, but Christ in me, the hope of glory, then I'm going to claim that I am a person of peace, because God is a person of peace. So I'm a person of peace. And then you've got to show yourself some grace. Because <laughs> it's a process. And did you know that God understands us as a process? Like, he kinda, I think He kind of invented grace. So you've got you to be okay with that. Allow Him to give you some grace. It's a process. It's a process. He cares about your heart much more than whether you checked off the list of all the things that you did right or did wrong. I was just talking to someone this week. They're so upset. And this is a good person, a good woman. And she, and she was so upset with all the things that she did. You know, it was that thing where you're like, oh, I just, I love the Lord so much, but I just wish I wouldn't do. And then we all have the different, wouldn't do. And she's sharing this with me. And I was like, I told her, Relax. I was like, you love God so much. And I, of course, I use scripture like, God is faithful to finish and complete the good work that he started in you. He, and I told her, I said, and do you know how much more God is concerned about your heart than he is about whether you did that thing again for the 10,000th time? Like, you're being changed by the Lord. You don't let the devil convince you that you are identified by that snapshot of something you did wrong that your spouse can't stand that you did. No, that is not who you are. You're growing in Christ. You're maturing. You're being sun-ripened. See, as you walk by the Lord, you actually learn. And she's learning. And I'm learning. And, and my family's like, We're all learning. We're all in process. And we're learning what it means to crucify the flesh. I believe in this series. That's why I love this series. We're learning how to keep in step with the Spirit. I love that that's in the Bible, the phrase, keep in step with the Spirit. The active side of our faith, that you don't just kind of rest on the morals of 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's this active thing. It's like, where's the Spirit going? I need to hear the voice of God. I want to be in step with God, what God is doing, whatever that might mean. Good or bad, I just want to be in step with the Spirit. I love that. He's leading me. He's teaching me. And, and I love that. And I, I want to ask us a question. It's just this idea of being transformed to be more like Jesus. I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want to be like you say yes or no. There's no comparisons here. This is just between you and the Lord. Honestly answer this question in your head, though. I don't even want to look at you. This is not to find you know, good people versus bad people or anything like that. This is just for you and the Lord. Is there anybody here this morning who this summer you've been keeping in step with the Spirit? Again, I'm not saying that you have to be this perfect little saint who never does anything wrong. But is there anyone who's been living in step with the Spirit, by the Spirit of God this summer? And, I, and again, like sometimes we just go back to like, well, yeah, I accepted the Lord like 20 years ago or 30 years ago. No, I'm talking about like right now, like today. Like today. Did you wake up and like, ah, oh, what are you doing? Where are you going? 
What are you up to, God? What are your plans? To, what do you have in store for me? You said you created good works for me. You prepared in advance before the creation of this world. But what would it be today, God? Is that how you woke up? And some of you, I, I believe you would say, yeah, absolutely. I'm keeping in step with him. And, and sure, you know, I still make mistakes. But, you know, my heart, my heart is for God. Not my will, but his will be done. And I'm always asking, where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? And, that, and that's cool. I'm glad that there's those of you in this room that would say that. But then others of you might be thinking, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I want to say yes. But I don't know if I'm really walking with the Lord. I'm, if I'm honest, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And may, maybe you call yourself a Christian, but you don't put your faith and trust in the Lord. Like, if someone asked you, do you put your faith and trust in the Lord? You're like, oh yeah, I put my faith and trust in the Lord. Like, it's a Christian slogan. But think about what you just said. Your faith. Think about, that's a powerful word. Where is your faith? What do you put your faith in? In your retirement plan? In your relationships? In your community? In your job? In your spouse? Where do you put your faith? Or where do you put your trust? Trust. Do you truly trust God? When you're alone, when you're hurt, when you're broke, when you have nothing. Ah, right? When all the emotions rise up within you, where do you go? Where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust? That'll be more than a bumper sticker. You're like, man, you know, maybe that's, that's not me. Maybe I say all the right Christian answers. So many people I hang out with, and you know, again, I, it's, you can't really be judging people. Like, you've got to let them go in their process and, and believe that God's working on them. But, man, they say they're a Christian, but you kind of you just get a glimpse of the Pharisees where they looked really good on the outside. Remember that? But on the inside, they were full of dead men's bones, weren't they? God. I mean, that can be said to me. Sometimes too, right? I mean, all of us dabble into that, but maybe today you're sitting here, you're like, man, I've been playing the walk, I've been talking the talk, you know, and all those things, but I haven't been walking the walk. And so maybe you're here this morning, and here's the deal, whether you answered that question to keeping in step with the Spirit with a resounding yes, or no, or maybe, or I don't know, good news today. Good news today. We can all, this morning, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're talking supernatural, raise Jesus from the dead, power of the Holy Spirit, we can't, every one of us, keep in step where the Spirit is going. Not one of us are beyond that. Not one of us. I don't care how you came in this morning, even if you are not a Christian this morning, you can leave today keeping in step with the Spirit. Because don't you know, and someone told me this the other day, and it's so true, I love this, that God is the God of second chances. You've got to believe that. And He's the God of third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and eight, a thousand times I've failed. I love that song where he says, a thousand times I've failed. If you finish the line, he says, still your mercy remains. So here it is. We got some good news this morning. Be encouraged. God's grace and his love is so much bigger than you could ever imagine. It doesn't matter how you came in today. By his amazing grace, you can leave here changed. God wants you to give your life to him. And when you give your life to Him, don't just make it, again, like a, just a pat answer or just a bumper sticker slogan. It's this opportunity where you actually give your life to the Lord. And I don't know how that's going to look. It might be a posture of laying it down or giving it to the Lord or throwing it to Him. I, I don't know how that looks. But it's you know the war that's raging within you. It's where you take a step back and you yield, you surrender, and you give the Lord permission. You give His Holy Spirit permission to come alive in your life. I, I give you permission, Holy Spirit, to fill every nook and cranny, every crevice, every compartment of my life, all the dark areas that my spouse doesn't know about, those areas that I'm hiding from my boss, all those areas, I'm giving it to you, Lord. Every place. And I'm telling you, when you get that posture before the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes alive. If you've ever done that before, you just know. And it's not always pleasant even, right? There's a discipline sometimes that happens with the Lord too. But it's amazing. And you're just like, oh my goodness, God is doing a work in me. And again, when the Holy Spirit comes alive, I'm not saying you're not going to miss the mark from time to time. I'm not going to say you're going to not live in the flesh and not sin. But you are truly alive. If you're a Christian here this morning, you know what I'm talking about. Truly alive. Like, I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The same stressful things happen. The same tragedies happen. The same deaths happen. The same financial issues issues happen, but I'm alive. You ain't touching my joy. You ain't touching my peace. And I'm going to be a person of patience. That's what we're going to talk about today. Why? Because my identity is not found in the things of this world. My identity is found in Christ. You need to remind yourself of these things. Run to scripture. I'm, t- I'm just like you. When I wake up in the morning, all the things that I think, praise the Lord for a daily bread. By the way, it's not, you're not a weak person 
if you are completely desperate and dependent upon God's word every day. Like I always thought, like, I was like, man, I cannot make it through this life without reading the Bible every day. I must be a terrible, pathetic person. And then someone goes, no, it's because it's your daily bread. And if you're not eating your daily bread, you're going to be malnourished, Dan. I was like, oh, you mean it was meant to be that way? Where if I'm not living by the living water, the Holy Spirit filling me up every day, I might be thirsty. And if I'm not feeding on the daily bread, the word of God, I might be hungry. So don't let anyone start making fun of you because you are desperate for God's spirit and for his word. But here you are. I just have a feel, strong, strong leading of the Lord to just remind us of what it means to be a Christian lately. And I get it. Like some people are like, man, what a simple message. I'm like, well, I'd stop preaching if we got it. I mean, we got to understand, you, it is your right. It is your right. <laughs> it's your right to have love, to have joy, to have peace and patience. And yeah, I've been saying three things lately. Do hard things, no pity parties, and no excuses. It is your right to be a Christian, to have the supernatural power of God residing within you where you are not lacking anything, but you have everything that you need in Christ Jesus. I want you to know that because of Jesus' death on the cross, you have the right today to be able to confidently leave this place saying, I am living by the Spirit of God. You don't have to say, I hope so. You don't have to say, I wish. You don't have to say, someday. You can say, wherever He goes, I go. Whatever He commands, I say, yes, Lord. Wherever He says, hey, I want you to vote, you go, here am I, send me. Uh, Sean and I were talking about that the other day. Just an open cavity for the Spirit of God to come and fill us up. And you say, God, here am I. Send me. And then he says, well, I want you to do this. And you go, you want me to do what? <laughs> and then you wrestle with it for a couple days. And then you go. And you do what the Lord does, asks you to do. And you ask for forgiveness for your delayed obedience. <laughs> but this is what we do, right? And, and that's what God wants for every one of us. He wants us to live this abundant life. It's the whole idea of this series. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit. Evident in our lives as Christians. But... You know, there's a part in there, and we're going to read it, but there's a part in there where it talks about keeping in step with the Spirit. I think that's an important part. We miss that part. Again, we think about this, maybe it was a baptism of the Spirit or a filling of the Spirit that once happened. But keeping in step with the Spirit is this idea of continually being renewed, continually being filled, waking up and and saying, God, I need you to fill me. Because in my flesh, these are the things I'm feeling. These are the things I'm thinking. So I need your mind. I need you to renew my mind. I need you to feel. You know, that's what I'm talking Like the honest conversation with God to say, I'm crucifying the things of the flesh. I'm laying down my life that I might die and I might be Christ in me, the hope of glory to live. You breathe. You move. Your word. Your spirit. And, and, and God wants that for us. And if, if you don't, if you're not there, you might go to heaven like, Again, the people are like, is this person going to heaven or is this person in heaven? I don't know. Like, if you're a Buddhist and you, but you believe in Jesus, do you go to heaven? I don't know. All I know is if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get to go to heaven. Beyond that, there's probably, I mean, I'm just telling you, I don't know the answer to that. But some of you are like, just, do I get to go to heaven or not? While you're living a miserable life. Like, there's more to Christianity than whether you're just going to heaven or not. There's this abundant, joy-filled life. And some of you know, you just walk in and when you're honest, you're like, I might be going to heaven one day, but my life is chaos. It's a mess. I have no joy. I have no love. And I just say, just again, relax. I texted that to someone the other day. They didn't like it when I texted, but it was true. Like, relax. Surrender. Yield. I get that it's scary, but not my will, but yours be done. I'm laying down my passions, my dreams, my desires. Right? And you might even cry as you do that, because you know those passions and dreams and desires you have. But I'm laying them down because I'm believing, God, that your dreams, your passions, and your desires, your plan for my life is the best plan possible. And, and I just hope that we're learning to do some of this through this series and, and we have to continually yield to the Spirit every day. And I just, and hopefully you've experienced, I've, I've heard testimonies this week, even of people doing this, that as you do this, the fruit of the Spirit, it just begins to grow. And have confidence in that. As, as that lady was expressing her heart to me, her heart is open to Jesus. She's growing. And she needs to be reminded of that. Devil, you have no hold on that lady's life. <laughs> just in the name of Jesus right now. Um, she's yours. And she's growing in you, Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit becomes evident. So receive, believe, and obey the things the Lord is saying and it will radically change your life. You've got to learn how to 
keep in step with the Spirit. And by the way, keeping in step with the Spirit, that's not just a cute saying that you say on a Sunday morning. It's not just this little nugget of truth that you take with you through your week. It is something that radically changes your life forever. I mean, don't you ever get tired of just going to church like week after week after week and never changing and never, you know, like you just got to claim who you are in Christ. That I am being changed by the power of God within me. I'm being transformed. I'm being renewed. You got to take that. It's not just a cute little saying. You got to believe that as I keep in step with the Spirit, my life is being radically changed. Because Monday morning looks a lot the same as the last Monday morning, which looks a lot the same like the last Monday morning, which looks a lot like the same as the last Monday morning. And so your thinking can be a lot like how you thought last Monday morning, which was a lot like you thought the Monday before that, which was a lot how you thought about the Monday before that. And at some point, you just have to stand in faith and say, No! I am a new creation. Old is gone. New has come. I get what she did. I get what he did. I get what they did. But I'm not letting them touch my joy, I'm not letting them touch who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We actually have to exercise those muscles. We actually have to exercise faith. And it's not easy. It's hard. Forget easy Christianity. Forget Disneyland Christianity. It doesn't exist. The disciples, Jesus was like, hey, you know, I really love you, disciple. I just want you to know that in this world you're going to have trouble. Love you. Love you. But what does he say after that? He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. So we're going to read this again. Spirit is alive. He's changing us. One of you were just talking this week, and I love it. You were, you were saying you were, you were learning how to be led by the Spirit, and, and you were involved in a certain ministry at this church, but now you're removing yourself because you're feeling that the Lord is calling you to outreach, to love those who others have passed by, that others have overlooked or ignored. Now you are having this heart. The Lord is filling you up to be led to minister to those people. I love that. God is alive. I'm just hearing these stories and praise the Lord for each one of these stories. But let's go ahead and read Galatians 5. It's just so full of life. It starts off, For you were called to freedom. That's your right. <laughs> I want you to claim that this morning, church. For you were called to freedom. But don't use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But No. Through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out and you'll be not consumed by one another. Or watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, they're obvious, they're evident. We can all describe them. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, listen to this, is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I love that as in the Scriptures. If we live by the Spirit, if we are people of the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. It's a good idea. I think God's got some things for us to do. It's a good idea to go where He's going, to be led where He's leading us, right? To be in step with the Spirit of God. And church, let us not become conceited. Let's not be provoking one another Let's not be envying one another. So we've been through love, joy, peace, and now patience. With patience, let's go ahead and watch this.
<laughs> patience. Patience. I love that. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Come on. That's so good. I chuckled this week, though, when I, when I thought about me preaching on patience because when I was a child, no one ever accused me of being patient. Not at all. In fact, I would say the fact that those that are closest to me would consider me a patient per- person is actually one of the real obvious signs to me that the Holy Spirit is doing a good work in me because it's not how I started out at all. Um, my mama, she prayed some prayers for her little boy on patience. I mean, that was one of our biggest things. And we talked a lot. We, we always talked on the couch. And I, she probably had to talk to me more than any of her other kids because I just struggled with a lot of these areas. But my mom also sang to me, and she sang some great songs. Anyone else have their mama sing songs to them? If you're a parent here, by the way, and you have kids, sing to your kids. It's one of the most music is so powerful. And I still remember the songs that my mom sang to me. And one of those songs, it was about Herbert the Snail. If you grew up in church in the late 70s or early 80s, you've probably heard it, but I can guarantee you no one heard it more than me. If you remember this song, you can go ahead and try to sing it with me. Have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry when you get impatient. Danny, you only start to worry. Remember, remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait for you. And then she'd sing it again. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I heard the song a lot. But patience, I mean, it matters. It's this key part to living for the Lord. You can tell someone who's filled with the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, uh, by the patience that they exhibit in their life. A Spirit-filled person is a patient Person William Langland, he was the first to write in the 14th century that patience is a virtue, meaning it's something to be desired. It's something that you would want to be expressed in your life. But let's be honest, patience is hard. I mean, it's hard. Has anyone ever gotten impatient trying to be patient? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I got to be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Ah, patience. Right? Absolutely. It's hard. The capacity. Listen to this. This is the definition. It's an incredible definition. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Man, I don't know if I like patience, right? Man, what a definition. So to be able to accept or tolerate delay. We just saw a pretty good clip, right, of delay. We've all been there. Or maybe the delay is somebody not doing what you asked them to do. Or maybe someone's showing up late for a meeting. Or that package not being delivered on time. Are you able to accept or tolerate it without getting angry or upset? Or then the capacity to accept or tolerate trouble. And like I told Mary, you know, you're going to expect trouble in this world. And we all have trouble. You're, by the way, some people think there's such a special case. Like, well, I got lots of trouble and no one understands the trouble I got. Everyone has trouble. You're not a special case. We all have trouble. But are you able when your basement floods? Are you able when you get a flat tire? Are you able when your mail gets stolen? Are you able in the times of trouble? Are you able to be patient in those times, tolerating it without getting angry or upset? Then the ability to accept or tolerate suffering without getting angry or upset. And that's a tough one. Like I don't even want to preach on that one because that's like, that's intense. But maybe it's emotional suffering. You know, maybe it's just a horrible boss. Maybe it's a spouse where you're supposed to have this intimate relationship with your spouse and yet your spouse doesn't love you. Or maybe you're just feeling extremely alone. You don't have any friends. It's this emotional suffering. Maybe it's a physical suffering. It's a physical pain, a chronic pain or ailment. Are you able to accept or tolerate these things without getting angry or upset? It's heavy, right? Patience, it's hard. I mean... It's extremely hard. And that's why this morning, I, and I, I pray that the Lord is here this morning, and I, and I believe that He is, but we have to come to realize that it's impossible to exhibit this kind of patience without the Lord's help. Patience is only possible if it's a patience that comes from the Holy Spirit within you. Because in our flesh, there's hundreds of opportunities in a day to unleash and unload, right? Right? Come on! I've lost my patience. 
Well, I'm sorry. If you're a person of the Lord, if you're walking by the Spirit, guess what? You can't lose your patience. In your flesh, heck yeah, right? <laughs> I'm losing like five minutes. But I'm a person of the Lord. I'm a new creation. Where the old is gone, the new has come. I have crucified my flesh. I am living in the Spirit. Dan is gone. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Christ doesn't lose his patience. The Holy Spirit within me. I'm filled with God's patience. I want you to get that. I understand. I'm filled with God's patience. And God is always giving me what I need in every situation, in every circumstance. And in some situations, you need patience. And your patience isn't going to cut it. And you need God's patience. And the reason you can know that God will give you patience, if it's God's patience, is that we know that God is a patient God. In the Bible, it tells us that God is patient. By the Holy Spirit, we're actually receiving His patience. And it's, God is extremely patient. Listen to this. In Second Peter, Peter describes God's patience in, return, in regards to Christ's return. All these people are mocking the Christians. They're like, yeah, where's your God? You know, you told me Jesus was coming back, but I don't see Jesus. They're kind of mocking the Christians. There's a great response in Second Peter. Listen to this. He says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises. Some count slowness. But He's patient. Isn't that beautiful? He's patient towards you. Not wishing that anyone would perish that all would reach repentance. Isn't that amazing? Look at the fruit of God's patience. His patience towards us. His patience towards humanity. It's that He would not wish that anyone would perish. Why? Because He wants all to come to repentance. That's patience. And that patience, God's patience, we can receive that patience today by His Spirit. As God is patient, we are patient. Now, at this point in my sermon, I was going to read a scripture. Really been speaking to me the last two, three weeks. Awesome scripture. I'm like, bam, this is going to be cool. Thursday morning, I go on the internet, and don't you know, the internet wasn't working. (laughs) In our modern world, a great opportunity for our patience to be tested, a great learning opportunity, is when your internet doesn't work, right? I mean, when I was in high school, there was this thing called AOL, and it was called dial-up internet. Some of you have no clue what dial-up internet is, and I just want you to know that you are fortunate and blessed to never have had to go through dial-up internet. But for those of you who remember these opportunities to express and practice patience, they were very excruciating opportunities to practice patience. I think it went like this. Yeah, we actually did this. At this point, we're going, please let it work, please let it work, please let it work, please let it work, please let it work. Please, 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 please. Please. You're like, is that a good sound or a bad sound? Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it was like when it worked. <laughs> Remember the times when it didn't work? Whew. I mean, just opportunities for patience. So Thursday, Internet's not working. And this wasn't just for a little while. I mean, it didn't work in the morning. It didn't work in the afternoon. It didn't work at the night. Next day, I wake up, have a meeting with Lucinda over here, 10 o'clock in the morning, at my house, and, hey, praise the Lord, you know, hallelujah, Internet's working. In the middle of our meeting, the power goes out. <laughs> power going out. That's an opportunity for our, you know, patients to be tested. So I was like, okay, Ava and Addie were leaving. We're, so Ava and Addie, I went to Costco. We had some lunch. Power came back on. I want you to know, I kept my patience through it all. And there's other times when I haven't kept my patience. But I just, I think God was helping me out, you know, on that one. And he gave me an opportunity to be patient. And, and those things could have affected me. And, and those things could have rattled me. And I could have gotten impatient and snapped at the girls and those types of things. But it was great. It was a great day. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit... Gave me what I needed on that day. He gave me the patience that I needed. You know why I got the patience that I needed? Because all week I had been in the Word. And guess what I was studying in the Word? I was learning about patience. And so the Lord's telling me these things about patience. And I'm going into the Word and I'm learning. And I'm being reminded from the Lord again and again and again that He's called me to patience. I was reading scriptures that were reminding me of who I am in Christ. Reminding me that I am a new creation. And, And it was one of those things where the Lord just said, Dan, as you keep in step with my spirit... You are a person of patience. You don't have to hope for it. You don't have to wish for it. You don't have to say, someday I hope to be a person of patience. You claim you are a person of patience by the Spirit of God. That's who I am. And that can be said of you as well. Don't say, I hope. Don't say, I wish. Don't say, someday. Claim who you are in Christ. 
And I want to read you the passage of Scripture I was trying to get to. It's actually found in Romans 15. Beautiful passage. It says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. So he's talking about Scriptures. They were, they were written so we could learn. That we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Hallelujah. Hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. He's talking to all of us. By the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the Bible, we find patience and comfort. In God, we find patience and comfort. That we, by God and by His Word, we could be beautiful. I mean, this is incredible. That we could be like-minded towards each other. That according to Christ Jesus, we may have one mind and one mouth to glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful expression, a beautiful uh, portion of Scripture. And it's all possible, this one mind and one body and all this, because of what? Patience and comfort. Patience and comfort. That means, by the way, it reminds you of where it comes from. It comes from where? It comes from His Word, and it comes from God. That means you don't have to try to muster up a bunch of patience. Like, ah, i got to be patient, right? Just getting impatient, trying to be patient. No, you don't have to exert a bunch of willpower to be patient. Instead, since we know that God is a God of patience and comfort, we take a step back. Again, capital letters texting you, relax. Take a step back. I get that it's hard. I get that it's... In fact, maybe I don't get... Maybe it's way beyond what I'd ever understand. But God is still God and He is still true and His Word is still true. And He's asking you to take a step back and to surrender and to yield and let Him lead and let Him guide and let Him teach and let Him show you His patience and comfort, even filling you with His patience and His comfort by His Holy Spirit. Sean Milhorn. Wave your hand, Sean. Over here. Great guy. Redhead. Um... I don't even know why I said that, but there he is, redhead. Um, you wouldn't say, there's Dan, brown hair. You know, sorry about that. How inappropriate. But Sean, he, he went to Georgia two weeks ago, and he was there way longer than we had planned for him to be there because, um, well, he's actually stopped at different places along the way because of this journey he was on. Before that, he went to a Royal Family Kids Camp. After that, he went to um, junior high camp. He's been at junior high camp Sunday, last Sunday, all the way through yesterday. So this guy's just been working his tail off uh, for the kingdom of God. It's just so cool. But he takes this bus to Ghana. We hear the story. He's, we're calling, you know, every, one, every couple of days. And he's telling me about these big highs, big lows. But through it all, you, I mean, you need to be proud of this guy. Through it all. I'm not, I mean, wow. He was patient. I, and that's not an exaggeration. You should be so, there were so many times where I was, I was not, you just were so good. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he just has to share the stories from this trip. So would you welcome Sean Milhorn? If I do that today, just be patient. Okay, that wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. All right, moving on. Um, I, I'm Sean. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, you guys bought a bus to send to our church family in Ghana. And um, I was available to drive. Um, and so I was asked to, and I was so excited to do this. Um, a lot's changed for me if you guys were here when I was able to tell my story before. Um, God has done... I can't even list everything that God has done inside of me. And it's been amazing and it's been fantastic. Um, so I split out of here. It was first thing Monday morning. I, I love spending time with the youth group, so I wanted to make sure I was here. Um, we need to get it to Georgia so that it can ship to Ghana by boat. So I left real early Monday morning. Um, Pastor Dan was kind enough to send me with um, the Bible on CD. And it was fantastic. I spent so much time just listening to the Bible, which is just weird for me. But it was, yeah, I mean, it was good. Um, day two, I noticed that the bus had been um, driving a little bit more sluggish. And so I just kept going through. Um, it was an, it's an older vehicle, um, but it was, still, it was still running pretty strong. Um, I kept the, the bus about 60 miles an hour, I think, with stops. I think I averaged about... About 50 miles an hour, roughly 700 miles a day, um, get through till Wednesday. And Wednesday about, what was it, 2.30, 3 o'clock, check engine light popped on. 
I had already passed through Omaha, and there's not much between Omaha and Sioux City, Kansas City, but cornfields, lots and lots of cornfields and forests and cornfields. <laughs> anyway, so uh, check engine light came on, and I'm, I've driven quite a few older vehicles, and I realized that when a check engine light comes on, get off the road as fast as possible, or you're going to be in the middle of the freeway with a big vehicle. So I get off into this hole-in-the-wall gas station, and, and I mean hole-in-the-wall. It was not a truck stop. It was not a mechanic shop. It was a nowhere gas station. And at this gas station, there were four semis all with their hoods up, all being worked on. And there were mechanics just kind of milling around, all company mechanics, different companies. And so I interrupted, became a nuisance, and was like, hey, could one of you just come over and just take a look? They checked fluids, whatnot. They were fine. One of the truckers who, I guess, when you spend a lot of time on the road, you want to talk, and he just kept talking, talking. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Um, but he said, hey, you can just go up to Kansas City. There's a dealership, and he told me exactly where it was. Um, he told me, I mean, just the name of it, I could look it up on GPS, no problem. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, it sounds good. I let it sit for a while to cool down, just in case it was just overheating. Got back on the road. Ten minutes later, light comes back on. Um, it was about a half-hour drive from where I was at to get to the dealership. When I get there, we're roughly about 4.30, and I'm thinking this place is getting ready to close at 5.00. And so one of the first questions I asked was, how late are you open? They said, midnight. Which, I don't know about you, but what mechanic stays open until midnight? And it was, yeah, it was just amazing. Um, so we get it in, they start checking it over, start doing their estimates, and um, the bill keeps adding up and getting bigger and bigger. Um, it is an older vehicle, but it you know, it's good. It just I mean, it needed the work. And so I, of course, was, you know, in contact with Pastor Dan and Pastor Randy and just the church leadership here. And they began to talk and decide, what are we going to do with this vehicle? We want to do something for our family in Ghana. And yet we can't keep throwing our hard-earned good money that we that has been given to God in this church, you know, after a problem vehicle. And finally, the church council decided, let's move forward and Personally, for me, I am so excited that that was the decision that was made. Um, they said it was going to be a big project. We, the van engine needed to be dropped um, and worked on, basically the whole thing torn apart and redone. The problems that were the issues were the um, two fuel injectors uh, went bad, and as well as the um, oil temperature regulators. There's two of those, which basically meant that not only were we not running efficiently, on all the cylinders, we could not or the vehicle could not regulate its own temperature. Um, big problem. <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of heat inside the cab. <laughs> yeah, so they said it was going to be a big deal. Give a call the next day. So that was Wednesday night. Um, I was. I don't think I got out of there until about 8:30 or 9, and I started looking for a hotel. And so I was, you know, we had budgets, you know, the church offered to, you know, help with the, with the hotels and um, they had been fairly expensive um, with the hotels I'd stayed in so far. And so I just went hunting. First place, we're booked up. Second place, we're full. Second place, or third place, we're booked up. And I was just like, do you have any recommendations whatsoever? And they're like, um, yeah, actually, Turns out we actually have this room that we're going to replace the mattress. Um, if you don't mind sleeping on an old mattress, could you stay here at a discounted rate? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I am wore out. I'll sleep on your tile floor for all I care. Like, just, yeah, that's fine. So I go into this room, and it's like this suite with, like, a living room and a bedroom and I'm like, what's so wrong with this mattress? And I go in, and it's like a king-size memory foam mattress. So it's like, yeah, was it the original memory foam? Sure. I don't care. It's better accommodations than I have here. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, but what was so cool is, is going back to the mechanics when I was there. I actually had originally um, thought that... Um, 
that I was just going to be staying at a Motel 6 that was in, within walking distance. And when I had been talking with Pastor Randy, he had actually said, you need to go into the night manager and tell them, you know, the story of what you're doing and that, you know, that you're serving the church. I was like, okay. So I go in there and I tell him the story and he's like, hey, hang on, let me take a look at the estimate. Came back a few minutes later and was like, this estimate, um, we can knock about $800 off, which that's $800 from this church that we didn't have to pay for that. And then he's like, well, where are you staying tonight? And I was like, I have no idea. And he's like, I was like, well, I'm going to go down here to this hotel. He's like, uh-uh, that's a bad place in town. Bad things happen there. Don't go there. Here's the keys to that truck. Go find yourself a good place to stay. So it went from all of that just being handed to me to being able to go find a king-size mattress at discounted rate. And they were so apologetic about it. And I tried to make them feel bad about that. Um, <laughs> they kept. Yeah, there were several delays in the communication to me and ended up not being able to leave until Monday. Um, so Sunday I decided that, you know, I really wanted to, you know, go to church. And I was able to find a four-square church, which there's not a whole lot out, you know, in the east. And actually this place was all 15 minutes away from my hotel. It was fantastic. Um, and I went there, and there, it was very interesting. They have family in their name. And during this time I was in Kansas City, um, God had been speaking to me so much about family. And when I was in there, I was so overwhelmed. I missed life spring so much, and yet I knew that even there I was among family. And one thing that's so powerful that I have to make sure I say is, is that I have driven cross-country. I grew up driving cross-country, and I've driven cross... And I mean, I do mean all four corners, just everywhere, and never before, even... At, I mean, and I've done it alone. I've done it with my family. I have never felt so surrounded by you and... I just, I've always felt alone and never like I had any support. And yet I, yeah, it was just amazing having that. Just, yeah. They they fixed it and I was able to talk with the night manager one last time. And one thing he said, I told, went to him, I stopped him as he was driving in. And I said, thank you again so much for what you did. And he's like, praise God, I'm so glad I got to serve your church. And it was like, <laughs> he's like excited to serve us and Ghana. Jump back in the bus, make it to Georgia, no problem. I actually was able to up my speed a little bit. They had fixed the AC, which was a real treat for me. Pretty excited about that. I get there, and they, we had missed the shipping date. So the paperwork was no longer accurate. So they had emailed that to me. I found some um, place finally to print it out in its entirety, but they neglected to send it to the port. So um, one thing about <laughs> one thing about getting on the port is, is you have to have an escort service that actually takes responsibility for you anywhere you go as a security measure. And the owner of the escort service, it was his sister who took me on, and uh, her husband was with me. And um, he was a uh, longshoreman at the port. And so we get there, and the port doesn't have our paperwork. So we're sitting around in a very tiny room um, about the size of the, um, uh, the welcome room that we have in there, or the kitchen, I guess would be an easier one. And um, it starts filling up with truckers and with longshoremen, and uh, most, or many of the longshoremen were um, you know, African-American descent and very uh, carried a lot of the African-American culture, um, which is so much fun for me. I love being around it. But then the truckers that were coming in were very, um, well, I'm a redneck, so I can call them a redneck. Um, and it was interesting because it became this conversation between these guys who hated Obama and then these guys who were all about Obama and then like me <laughs> and like I um, was able to talk with the longshoreman um, husband who brought me on to port and he yeah I, he actually was like how you get into the airport to get your car to rent to get out of here and I was like well you know your wife said that she might be able to take and at first he got upset and he was like wait a second you're doing this for your church I was like yeah he's like of course we're taking you to the airport and like we were trying to get to the airport so that I can get a rent a car and he was like, oh, you need to go see this while you're here. And you need to go see this while you're here. And it was just like, oh, that sounds awesome. But 
I gotta get out of Georgia. <laughs> like, but it was so funny, like, because he, like, as soon as he found out that we were, like, this is for, you know, the church, he immediately started talking about God and his church and, like, all of these guys knew each other and they knew each other at church and it was just amazing to be in the middle of these political conversations <laughs> between people who liked Obama and did not and then we're sending a bus to Ghana from Washington and it was such a weird, it was so much fun. Um, I was able to leave the vehicle and got a call the next morning. It is on the ship um, waiting to be shipped. And I tell you, and I can't tell you enough that we are part of a much bigger family. And I had you guys and I was not alone on this trip. And it was obviously overwhelming for me. It still is. And I love you guys. And I'm so happy to be part of this. But our walls are open and we are part of something so much bigger that extends to Ghana and beyond and it even extends to Kansas City <laughs> and I mean even while I was there I was able to go to that four square church and as I was walking out the pastor grabbed me and said what are you doing here how did you hear about us and I got to tell him and he said oh well it turns out I'm actually the keynote speaker for the conference, that's the Foursquare conference that's happening in Ghana coming up in December or January. And it turns out that, that their associate, one of their associate pastors is the, um, the, one of the directors. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of those things where it was over and over. There were no coincidences. They took me out for, they took me out for lunch. They offered me a place to stay. I was leaving the next morning just over and over. I just am so surrounded by family. And it's you guys, and it's them, and it's Ghana. Don't ever forget this. And one of the things Pastor Dan talks about patience, it's so hard to be patient alone. You're not alone. Don't be alone. That's so good. Um, So one of the great stories from all of that was I I get all the receipts from anything that's purchased at church and and I have to sign off on the receipts. And and so he has, you know, the receipts from the trip. And and I actually look at them, so I'm looking down at all the spending. And then now towards the bottom, there's this line that says escort services, $100. And I'm like, I mean, literally my heart jumped a beat. Like, and Marcy gave them to me and I go, oh, no. And she's like, what? I go, look, escort. She goes, no. She goes, it's, they escort him to the port. I was, because you know, there's part of me like, now you have to have a meeting, now you have to talk. Like, what am I going to say to my supervisor? Like, you, he did what? Oh. Anyways, but different kind of escort. But um, Sean didn't know this, but we really wanted to uh, appreciate Sean for what he's done. I mean, he, he did all of it. He's a construction worker. He actually works for a living, um, not at the church. And we didn't pay him anything to do any of this. We uh, just covered his you know, meals and, and, and transportation costs and whatnot. And so we actually wanted to receive a love offering for him today. And I, I think as much as he talks about community and family, um, Sean, you are a part of this family, absolutely. But um, it goes both ways. So we're not going to just let you, you know, take us to take a bless the Ghana and and bless us. We want to bless you as well. So we want to receive an offering uh, for Sean. And if you are writing a check, just put in their special offering and uh, we'll get to the right place. Another great thing about that, I didn't say this first service and I haven't mentioned it at all and I I apologize for doing that, but August 10th was our one-year anniversary of LifeSpring Ghana. Um, That's a huge praise. Huge praise. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are. Uh, help us, God. I know that you are faithful to help us. Um, in our flesh, we cause destruction, but by your spirit, life is produced. And we want to be people that have life produced around us. And just so help us with that, God. Help us to crucify the flesh. Help, help us to realize that we're no longer identified by the flesh. We're no longer identified by the sinful nature. Lord, we are identified by the blood of Jesus washing us clean. We are identified as ones who have the deposit of the Holy Spirit in us, a seal guaranteeing us an inheritance in your kingdom forever. We have you, Jesus, living in us. And Spirit, live in us. Live in us. Sean says a wonderful example of just someone who said, God, live in me. You, here am I, Simi. Lord, you live. You be alive in me. You, Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. And, And let that be said of all of us, Lord. Not that even one person would leave here, Lord. Not even one person would leave here. 
not keeping in step with your spirit and living an abundant life full of you, Jesus. Help us, Lord. May we be patient because you are patient. May you, Lord, your characteristics, your attributes flood us, Lord, and fill us today. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.